On today's show, we talk about Universal as an alternative to Disney World. This is WDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 130. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WRWDW.com, the Disney World planning website. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. Oh, you're too kind. I'm with my lovely, charming husband, Kurt. Tech nasty. It's Kurt. Tech nasty. No, no, no one calls you that. Tech nasty. And how are we tonight? Uh, feeling pretty good. Excellent, excellent. I want to talk about possibly your new favorite place, Universal. <laughs> Truly shocking. I know. Um, so let's let's start out by saying I very much for years, years was a Universal is the quote unquote other park kind of person. <laughs> That's how I felt about it. I used to go to Universal. I've, I've been to the one in California more than the one in Florida. But um, especially as a teenager, I went there fairly often and I liked Universal, but it was very different than Disney World, a very, very different experience. Um, and so I always thought of it as a lesser experience. I always thought of it as the other park. But so much since the last time I've been there, it's been a long time since I'd been there and so much has changed. And you had never been. Never. I had never been to Universal. No. Yeah. No, I yeah. didn't have a childhood. Oh, okay. You did not have a choice. You were born with that facial hair? I was booted up at 21. Okay. 21 years old, human years. Understood. All right. As you would think of them. Okay. (laughs) Um, So we decided, since we were doing a non-Disney parks trip, we had the cruise, which we talked about last week. A ton of fun. 10 of 10. Would highly recommend. Um, you know, maybe after this COVID nonsense, we went at like the peak of chaos. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would go back and do it because we're crazy people. Did we mention the big news? Oh, we have some post trip news. Uh, some, so 17 people in our group, one person upon return home tested positive for COVID. Our 12-year-old, our 12-year-old. So based on the timing of symptoms, he started to show symptoms. Well, it wasn't even symptoms. He was just like, you know, my throat kind of hurts. And I didn't think much of it. That's a symptom? Because it, well, but, you know, a 12-year-old being like, oh, my throat kind of hurts. Like, even he was pretty whatever about it. Like, oh, my throat's a little scratchy. My throat's, you know, a little dry. I suspected we were hosed then. Yeah, but anyone sneezes and you're like, that's it. We all have COVID. Like well, you default to that. So yeah. you saying that I was like, whatever. So it was on our day back. He was like, we were traveling that day. And he said that his throat was a little sore, but I didn't think much of it. And also, and he's 12. So he's a little like, my foot hurts. It's like always something. Oh, my pinky feels a little weird. You're he's, like, all right, yeah. whatever. If you have kids, they're all crying wolf. <laughs> and at age 12, it's like. Oh, uh, the cat looked at me funny. Yeah. Like it's everything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we, because we were traveling home that day, masked the entire time, obviously. Uh, so we we got Masks home. May have saved us. I think so. I think so. Uh, so we got home and he didn't really say anything more about it. We got home late that night. And the next morning, he's like, I don't feel so good. And he took his temperature. He had a slight fever. So we were immediately like, Put on that mask, get in your room. <laughs> so but he tested negative. 
He at first tested negative. That first day, he tested negative. Then we tested him again the next day, and he tested positive. So based on the timeline, we're trying to figure out. I don't think it was the cruise. It was either the parks or we spent a day. Unless he got infected the day we left. The day we left. But what are the odds? Because we didn't do anything other than have breakfast. Yeah, and it was just our group. Yeah, it's not like we were hanging out at the pool or you know. Yeah, you get up, have breakfast. Yeah, and, leave. and then you're off the sh- you're off the ship very early, and you're not really interacting with anybody. You're getting your bags, you're eating your food, and then they're like, "See you later." So and then they spent all day outside at a pool. It's outside, but also it was crowded. Yeah, so uncomfortably we, crowded. We had a rental home in Kissimmee for all for our entire group for 17 people and our house wasn't ready until 4 p.m. so at this rental property there's a clubhouse with a lazy river and a pool and all that stuff so so everybody hung out there for a while so that very well could have been where he got I I really don't know and I think we all 17 of us have been driving ourselves crazy trying to figure it out because nobody else has symptoms. Nobody else has tested positive, even in our house. There are five of us total, three kids, two adults in our house. But the moment he was like, I don't feel good, we had him mask and his bedroom is in our basement. We remodeled our basement. He has a bedroom down there. So he's a ways so away. don't feel bad for him. Oh, yeah. No, he's got, no, he's fine. He's, he's got like video games down there. He's totally fine. He's <laughs> he's like, oh no, I have to spend all this time in my room. It's a staycation. Yeah, so I think he's actually okay with it. He has mild symptoms. It's like a it's like a bad cold. Anyway, we went to we went to Florida and we came back with a souvenir. COVID. COVID. Yeah. But here's the thing. We all right. We definitely we were asking for it and we knew it. We played ourselves. And, yeah. I see we've updated our sound effects. I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, let's get back to theme parks. Okay, so so let's get back to our time at Universal. So I want to I want to talk about not only our time at Universal and our thoughts about Universal, but also the value of Universal versus Disney World. Don't get cheap on me, Dodson. I, you know, I'd like to get a little cheap, though, because Disney's gotten so expensive. As the one who complains about the money all the time, I feel that you should appreciate this topic a little bit more. You sit on I don't know what you're talking about. I am generous to a fault mm-hmm. and have a Scrooge McDuck vault that I swim in. Uh, first, let's discuss our time and experience at Universal, because for me, it's been many years. For you, this was a brand new thing. So we'll start with that, and then we'll go over what tickets cost and passes and all that good stuff and how we feel that compares to Disney World. Sound good? So we're looking to figure out the value. I think here. so. I the mean, value. it's perceived value, of course. but yeah, it's subjective. Yeah, it is. But I think, you know, discussing our time there and with our group, we've got kids of various ages uh, from, you know, just just above toddler to teen. So I think it's we get a the good, whole range. A good They're like sample. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catch them all. So our first day at Universal, we got off the cruise ship on New Year's Eve and they kick you off early on a cruise ship. Uh, you have to be off the boat by nine. They're like out of your room by eight, off the boat by nine. So we were out a little bit before nine, and then we made our way over to Kissimmee. And once everybody got settled at the pool house, they the rest of the group kind of stayed there. We broke off from my family, and we 
got a, a Turo, a rental car, which I greatly enjoyed Turo. It's Airbnb for cars. Yeah, we're going to... it's uh, it's, it is inexpensive. Tangent it, for a moment. Yeah, it's, really, it's great. It's much easier than using uh, a traditional rental car service. Yes. Yeah, so, With an insane variety of cars. Whatever you want. You know, it can. It was inexpensive for us. We could have spent quite a bit and gotten something ridiculous. We just got, you know, a midsize SUV for our people. We got a but... Mitsubishi Outlander. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite car, but it did the trick. It did the trick. It held everybody. It got us from our house to the theme parks. So Turo for the win. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I had to take, you know, I sorted everything by distance so I could get there quickly and easily. So I just took a lift from our rental house over to the pickup to where the guy lived. It was, it was like really close. So, yeah. Yeah. It's know, because I sorted by distance. Like eight bucks. But a lot, of, a lot of them will offer like pickups at the airport. So, you know, if you're coming, if you're flying in, you can have them meet you at the airport. Anyway, tangent, but I, I did enjoy Turo. It's not a tangent. That's a pro tip. <laughs> you're welcome. I've got presents. So I thought driving around. So I'm, so I'm typically a Disney bubble kind of person. And Universal doesn't have a Magical Express type of option. So not that we were staying at a Universal Resort, but that's not, they don't have a Magical Express type of option for Universal. So renting a car makes sense. It was weird not being in the bubble, though, because you see how strange Florida can be (laughs) when you have a rental car. Why, whatever do you mean? (laughs) Well, well, uh, in Kissimmee, we're in this beautiful neighborhood, in this beautiful house. The moment you leave it, it's like tobacco shop. Vape shop, tobacco shop, vape shop, machine guns, family-friendly machine guns, vape that, shop. Like, that's not an exact exaggeration. That was our experience driving from look, our rental s- house to Universal. You say excessive vape shops. I say lax zoning laws for more freedom. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so it was, it was different because um, that's not something you'd experience if you're taking the shuttle from the airport directly to like the Disney bubble. Yeah, they're definitely not taking a shortcut past 15 vape shops. I was like, this isn't magical as we were driving, but it was fine. And a Burger King or someone threatened to shoot someone in the drive-thru. Oh, we were trying to get Burger King for our kids. So we're in the drive-thru and... Like after waiting, I probably got like a good 30 minutes. But I was like, you know, everybody's short staffed. We need to just be patient. It's fine, guys. It's fine. So then yeah, we finally, yeah, we finally get up there and the guy starts, I'm halfway through my order. And then all of a sudden I hear this woman yell, like he left his mic on and this woman's yelling at him and it escalates. Like it was as if she was talking into his mic. That's how loud so she through was. through the drive-thru, you could hear, we're in the drive-thru and you can hear this irate customer over the drive-thru speaker. Yeah. Screaming at this poor employee. The, she wants a refund for her fries. Yeah. He has been rude to her. Uh-huh. And she is going to get her man to wait for him in the parking lot after his shift. And you shouted, just call, call the police. the police. Yeah, and he must have heard you because he immediately like was like, I will call the police. And so- now, it sounds wild, but this was directly outside the Airbnb or the Verbo rental house we had. Yeah. In Kissimmee, like right just minutes <laughs> from Walt Disney World. And then when we Googled it, the identical event ending in the murder of an employee occurred at that same Burger King two years prior. It 
was creepy. And that I just ended up driving away because I was I was like, I'm uncomfortable. I have children in my car. If things escalate too much, I don't really want to be here. But I can only imagine like if he did call the cops and they're reviewing the camera footage because, you know, there are cameras pointing right at the drive through. They probably saw my like slack jawed open mouth face <laughs> hanging out the window as I'm listening to this altercation happen at the Burger King drive through. So long story short, I never got my Burger King. No, we did not get our no. Burger King. They have the impossible. They do. Whopper, which we enjoy. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about Universal now? Are we finally going to get to it? <laughs> We're really torturing these people. You you want to give them that, that Harry Potter Dumbledore action? Let's do it. Dumbledore! <laughs> so it was New Year's Eve, our first day at Universal. And so we were like, let's just go and kind of walk around. Like low pressure, let's walk around and get the lay of the land. It was so crowded, I couldn't believe it. We didn't. We actually didn't end up riding anything. We just kind of walked through shops the first day to kind of get our bearings. That was the plan, though, because it you was. bought annual passes. I did. Which takes the pressure off trying to maximize the one day. Like, you want to get the full utility of the ticket. Yeah. Whereas with the annual pass, you have 365 days to get that utility. So the pressure's not there anymore. So we... Yeah, too much has changed since my last time there. So I was like, I just want to walk around. When was your last time there? I don't. It's been a long time. I couldn't so tell you the years. year. Yeah, I know I have a late teenage photo of me. And you're 29. So 20 <laughs> 29 years. 29 forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm because you're right. I, I ended up buying season passes or annual passes, I should say. And if you buy just tickets, like if I purchased four days worth of tickets, because we were only there that first day, maybe 90 minutes. We weren't there very long. We just like did a lap just to kind of walk around and look at some shops. If I had bought a ticket for that day, I'd be like, we're staying. Like I would have felt like we had to stay and really utilize that ticket. So I was glad that we, for our purposes, had the passes. So we just kind of walked around to get the lay of the land. The next day, but it was so crowded on New Year's Eve, and it made me a little bit nervous about the rest of our our time there. Um, but it ended up really being a non-issue. So you, I mean, other than getting COVID, other than you know, I didn't get COVID. So <laughs> yet, <laughs> yet, yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. Um, so at Disney World, there's now Genie Plus, where you can pay fifteen dollars per ticket per oh, day. Hell no. <laughs> And skip the line on some rides. And so Universal has a similar but more expensive line cutting. Yeah, you thought 15 bucks a day per person was expensive? Okay, well, let's just start with the prices. So for one day per ticket at Universal for the Express Pass, so that's you can skip the line on each ride once. It's $80 per ticket. <laughs> Universal, just Universal Studios, um, the Express Unlimited is $109, and what? that you can skip the rides, or skip the lines on the rides multiple times. Um, Excellent! If we change it to two parks, it's $90 for both Universal and Islands of Adventure, so you can skip the lines one time per ride for $90 per ticket, or that's equivalent to the the lightning lane or the fast pass at 15. Is that basically fast pass? It seems yes. like fast pass to me. Yeah, it's similar to fast pass or genie plus. It just costs four times as much. It's $90 per ticket. 
Yeah. You can get the Express Unlimited. So it's both parks, $119. You can skip the lines multiple times on the ride. So $120 per person. You can skip at both parks, every ride, multiple times. Now, I can't say if that's a good value or not, because we never did it We once. didn't have to use it. We didn't have to use it. I was, And we felt that the park was crowded, and yet we still didn't need to use it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. it's So my plan was to play it by ear. And so that was part of why I wanted to go on the 31st, was to just feel out the crowds of the park, because I knew that would be the busiest day. It's a real pro move. And just see, like, how do I feel about it? How do wait, just walking around, like glancing at wait times and looking at the app at wait times. Universal also has an app with where you can look at a map, look at wait times. And here's the thing. You thought the Disney World app was bad? That Universal app, <laughs> that map is painful. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's really hard to use the map in Universal. It's not great. There are things I like There's about it. There are things I don't. I like. like you could set a notification yeah. for a ride if wait times drop. Yes. How cool is that? I love that. But I the map, that. which is the thing you realistically use the most if you are in the park right then, in the Universal one, is essentially useless. It's really hard to, like, you can go in and filter it and narrow it down, but it's not easy. Like, it just isn't easy. It's not intuitive to go and just filter it. Whereas, like, with now, Disney World, it's very easy. To be clear, it's the Disney easy. World app's not it's not great. No, it has its own issues. No, yeah. no one is like this thing is perfect all the time. But the map is is pretty good on the Disney World one. Yeah, the, and it just then defaults. That's the thing you use. It just defaults to like, well, clearly you're at Magic Kingdom. Like we know you're at Magic Kingdom. We've defaulted to Magic Kingdom. You can manually change it to Epcot if you want, but you know we see you're in Magic Kingdom. So here are all the rides, the wait times for Magic Kingdom. The Universal one doesn't do that, and not as well anyway. Um, but so I was like, let's take a look at wait times. So as crowded as the park was, just walking around, wait times didn't seem too outrageous to me. So Very, I, Most were about 45 minutes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's super crowded. That doesn't seem too bad. So I was like, we'll just see how it goes. So we went first thing in the morning. And that was the the other issue. We didn't, because we're not staying at a Universal Resort, we didn't get any sort of early entry because they do offer early park entry for resort guests. So the parks opened at 9, but resort guests could get in at 8. But we didn't have that. So I was a little concerned. I was like, we might get there and then decide to upgrade. It might happen. Like, I was prepared for it. Um, but I was like, let's just, I'm not going to purchase it until I'm sure. So we got there on January 1st, which I knew was also going to be a busy day, but we got there at nine. We went straight to Islands of Adventure to ride Hagrid's, Hagrid's motorbike, 75 minute wait. Hold on. Sorry, go ahead. When do you want to talk about Hagrid's motorbike adventure? Well, now clearly. You were like, I was like, what ride are we going to do? Because I know when you go to a park and you rope drop it. You need to do the ride that is going to be the busiest. You whatever need to do is, the ride. Yeah, whatever is everyone's number one ride to do, that's the park. That's the ride you do first if you show up, ride it open. Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure is like, from the outside, from my perspective, okay, it's a Harry Potter-themed slinky dog-esque roller coaster. It is how it looks. Yeah, it, You're do, right. it looks slinky dog-ish. As far as we're like, it looks cute and fun. Is that the extent of it? And, ha- and you're like, yeah. And also, the ride vehicle is a motorbike. That's nifty. And there's some Harry Potter theming that's nice. And then you do the ride. And I was blown away by it. And our kids were blown away by it. And then you said to me days later, that's the best 
theme park ride in Orlando. And I was like, what? I could not believe it. What? <laughs> the Disney World planning lady just yeah, said the well, number one ride in Orlando is at Universal. I, I think it might be. I really <gasps> do. I really do. I think it has everything and i went in a wizard i went in pretty cold like i had seen some ride clips of it but i clearly hadn't seen and i don't want to spoil anything for anybody else who wants to go in cold so i won't say any spoilers if people haven't been on the ride but i like i'd only seen bits and pieces of ride footage which was clearly what you described as slinky dog as just like the outdoor portion of the ride that just looks like kind of an easy roller coaster. When it uh, turns out the reality is that, and then goes even further with it, and then on top of it has multiple animatronics throughout. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It's, it's very, like, very good. It's this or Rise of Resistance mm -hmm. for me is the number one ride in Orlando. Yeah, and I I'm knew... I'm going to put them on equal footing. I knew it was... But this one's a thrill the big ride. ride. I knew it was the big ride because you were like, why are we waiting 75 minutes for something? Because, you know, I I, I don't suspicious. like to wait. 45 is typically my max. And you were like, why are we waiting 75? And I was like, because this is the ride here. Get this. I did. I totally don't feel like I waited 75 minutes. I don't line. think it was set. That's what the posted time was. I don't think we waited that long. I don't think we waited that long. And the theming at Universal in the queues for many, for most of the rides that we were on, is as good or better than Disney World. The yeah. Harry Potter stuff, a hundred percent. Harry Potter, really, they nail it. Yeah. Number one, that yeah. is the best ride theming in Orlando. Uh, but then at the same time, like we did Spider Man and the theme, the queue on that, I was so like, we'll, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the 3D rides at Universal, and we will definitely yeah. get into that. Um, the some of them rides feel dated. Are, are definitely lesser than Disney's, but their e-ticket rides and then Harry Potter stuff specifically. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, it was a great way to start the day. And I'd also love to discuss child swap at Universal. <gasps> so much child better. Swap. So much better than Disney you World. You get to trade your kids. It's like you don't trade trading, your children, but you trade your kids no. with other couples. Mm -mm, no, that's yeah. not what it is. Yep. So we have a four-year-old with us. So she obviously can't go on everything at this park. And so instead of rider switch at Disney World, where you have to talk to a cast member when you first enter the line, and then somebody has to go and just find something else to do, we were all able to stand in line together, which I thought was fantastic. It was really great. So all five of us stood in line together. Once you get to like the end of the line... You you don't even have, and when you get on, like Disney World, it's like a whole production where you talk to a cast member. Yeah. At Universal, when you get on a ride, get in line for a ride with a that's totally inappropriate for a four year old with a four year old, they don't even bother telling you. They already know and assume that you're just going to do the child swap yeah. room, and it's somebody else's job to check to you and stuff. You otherwise. know what I think is interesting about child swap? I have no idea how strict they are, and this will be an interesting test for the next time we go, but. At no, like at Disney World, if you want to do child swap or rider switch, they are very strict about like, does your child meet the height requirement? So let's just say, for argument's sake, our four-year-old is scared to go on test track. 
We know but she's tall enough she's for test tall track. Tall enough to go on. They test will track. not do writer switch for her. Whereas for test Universal, track. it's nothing. If, nothing the, if you just have a kid who's scared to go on a ride, you could do child swap. Now I don't know how strict they are about that. Like if now, our the ten reason... or twelve year old, I don't know if they would honor that, but they will. Um, they won't make you know your kids stand up to check height requirements. I, I didn't see any old older kids in the child swap rooms. But I also didn't, I really don't feel like I saw anyone abusing it. And no. the child swap rooms, even though those rides had 45 to 60 minute wait times, the child swap rooms were usually empty. Or it, because it was constantly moving. So the way the child swap works is you're at basically where they load the ride. So you, how There's we always did room it. next to where they load. How we always did it was you would go with the boys our two older kids and you'd go on the ride and I'd go with the four-year-old and sit in the room. So you guys would be back within a few minutes because we were at the load area. So the child swap room, I think even if it's busy and at high capacity, there's just, it's moving so quickly um, that the rooms never feel full. So it was just a non-issue. So you would go, it would only be a few minutes then I would go on the ride. And what's great is our boys, our older boys got to ride again. They're very lenient about that as well. So the kids got to do all of these rides twice, the older kids, which is freaking amazing. They got to ride Hagrid's twice in a row. The Mummy. The, the mummy. mummy, also a really phenomenal ride. Yeah, you're getting ahead of us, though. That's a different park. Oh, We're sorry. still talking Islands of Adventure. I'm just going to gush over Universal because my really, my expectations were very low. <laughs> and then they, if I was like, all right, if it's half as good as Disney, fine. And then they gave me several rides and experiences that exceeded Disney World. Yeah. I was really quite shocked. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hagrid's was, I'm going to say it, I think best ride in Orlando right now. The child swap system, way better than Disney World. So, so far, our initial experience at Universal, like our first like for real park day, A plus so far. Um then we had to make our way over to Jurassic Park because River Adventure has been there since I was like a kid or a preteen. I've so, always wanted to ride this ride. Yeah. I, I don't think it I don't think it's changed at all since I was a kid. So that was a fun one to go on. It's a water ride, you're in a big boat, dinosaur animatronics. You know, first you're like Let's look at these beautiful dinosaurs and it's like a scenic, quiet river journey. And then things go wrong. You know, they, the, the raptors go take over. Wrong. Yeah, they go very wrong. Um, <laughs> I got yelled at by a cast member. Oh, because you can't have your phones out at the end. Like right before the drop. Before the drop. Right before the drop. Row three, put your phone away. Yeah, you got in trouble. Our boys like, thought that was so our funny. Our children were horrified. That you got in trouble. That I got busted. <laughs> um, We made our way back over to Harry Potter and we rode uh, Forbidden Journey. Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. I liked this one. This is a combination, um, like, I don't know, would you say dark dark ride, screens. Um, it's, it's such an unusual ride vehicle. I don't know how you would even describe this the ride, ride vehicle. The ride vehicle is the craziest thing you've ever seen. How would you even describe it? Okay. It's like a row of chairs and Imagine, the seats. Uh, you know what it is? Imagine if you combined Soren, the, like, so, where you're strapped in to a row cut the row down to four people so imagine your own personal soren that's inside a dark ride 
like you're harnessed in with four with three other people, and then it's on an armature, and then the entire robotic armature is attached to a track. Yeah, it's and it, huge and expansive and really intense and cool. It's you're not just moving up and down, like you're tilting back to a point where you're almost upside down. You're vertical. It's, yeah, you go straight up and down. It's really cool and fun. Um, now, you suffer from motion sickness, and this was a I concern do. that I had before Universal because I know they have a lot of motion simulated 3D, 4D rides. There were some rides I chose to skip. How did you do on this one? Because this was not only the moving seat, but also a lot. You go from like screens to um, areas that are actual props. This one, yeah, essentially, it like you you alternate between dark ride and IMAX screen, and the IMAX screen ones, although they didn't use 3D glasses, it was 3D motion convincing enough that it triggered my motion sickness. And so I just had to kind of squint at it when it was the IMAX scenes. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It reduces the effectiveness of it. Okay. <laughs> it's when your brain goes, I think I'm moving, but I don't feel like I'm moving. Mm -hmm. What are my options here? I know I should vomit. I see. And you're like, That's not helpful. Please don't do that. This is, you know, that you know, it's an illusion. It's okay. And your brain's still like, mm, let's go with vomit. Oh, hey. No. Yeah, my brain rejects mm. reality is the issue. Uh, the ride uh, queue, though, very cool. Um, a lot of the talking portraits. So you walk through a room where portraits are having conversations. So that's kind of fun. Which they, you know, it's a TV screen, but it's a really convincing effect. The yeah. talking portraits, the way they did it, it's like it has an oil painting varnish looking plastic screen over it in a frame. And it's entirely believable. I yeah, couldn't believe it. The portraits are really good. They also have like the wanted posters around when you're just walking around the area. Those, Those aren't are as convincing, but they're a lot of fun. The yeah. portraits, I think, are the best effect as far as like that, like the moving, the moving picture feel. The portraits, I think, are the best effect. Um, this ride queue also has holograms. You see Harry, um, Ron, and Hermione. You see Dumbledore. And they're, you know... The Dumbledore one was really good. The Harry Ron Hermione one... Not quite as good. Was not, like... Certainly was not, like, Ray on Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. I was um, like, it's definitely a mesh screen. Well, this was quite a bit before Rise of the Resistance. So if we're looking well, at, right, like, technology... <laughs> well, we can't update it because the actors are now in their 40s. They're no longer teenagers I meant the going to Hogwarts. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's still, it's fun. Uh, so after that, we, so our daughter, I felt bad because a lot of the stuff we were doing, our four-year-old couldn't do. And she's she was a great sport about it all. But she clearly was getting antsy. Um, like, she was finding all the waiting yeah, areas. I know. And it's, they it's show, not fair to her to be like, all right, we're going to wait in line for a ride you can't do. And then we're going to do the same thing again. Also, because you're four, the Harry Potter theming is going to make you a little uneasy. Yeah, she's a little uncomfortable with it. Uh, but like the waiting rooms would show movies. So in the Harry Potter child swap area, those waiting rooms, they had clips from Harry Potter, but the clips always matched whatever the ride was. So like the Gringotts ride, all the clips were like scenes that took place in Gringotts. So like that was kind of fun too. Um, the Jurassic Park when it was like dinosaur cartoons were playing. So in the child swap area, they always have themed stuff for kids. So she was okay with it, but 
She was getting a little bit antsy. So we made our way over to Seuss Landing because she really wanted to check out Seuss Landing. We spent quite a bit. She talked about it. She talked about it a lot. She was very, very excited about it. She loves Dr. Seuss. We have a ton of Dr. Seuss books. So we walked around. They also had a lot of Christmas decor up, which was fun for her. Um, We did shopping. So um, What Pet Should I Get, I think is the name of the book. So she picked a toy from that book. So she adopted a bunny. Um, Because... She has. Because she has a bunny. She has a pet bunny. Yeah. Um, Mary Hoppins, the rabbit, who was just in here a moment ago. So uh, we went on a couple of rides in Seuss Landing. She thought it was great. Um, I thought the area was super, super cute. But here's the thing. She's four. If we had gone even a year ago, I don't know that any of this would have worked for her. I think she's probably like the minimum age I would take a child to this park. Yeah. Average age skews way older at universal in general. Yeah. Almost everything is older is more mature because I'm so used to Disney to me. Universal had a little bit of an edge to it. Yeah. That's a definitely. little silly. If you're just like going universal for the first time, they, ha- they definitely have little kid areas, um, but it just, it, if she were any younger, I don't think she would have been interested. And the stuff at Seuss Landing, a lot of it has height requirements. So if she was any short, and she's very tall for her age, so maybe at three she could have done stuff. But I don't know that she would have wanted to. Oh, no, you know, she would have been terrified. With Disney, I people often ask me, they're like, well, what's, what's the age I should bring my kid? And I'm like, there really is no age. You know your kid, but you could bring a baby, and a baby can sit on your lap on a ton of rides at any of the parks yes. at Disney World. You have so many options that it's fine. Like if you've got other kids who will enjoy it or if you just want to go and you have a baby, totally fine, bring your baby. Universal, I'd say four is the minimum. And if you're going to go with a four-year-old, don't just go you and a four-year-old. Have another adult so you can do the the child swap. Um, I think that was our big takeaway from day one was she loved Seuss Landing, but... Any younger, she wouldn't have even really been interested. So I think that's kind of where we ended our day. It was getting hot. And I didn't, you know, after such a long uh, trip with the cruise, I didn't want to push too much with the kids. So I was like, we're just going to kind of do half days and then go back to the house because we had, you know, a pool available at the house for the kids. So I think that was it for Islands of Adventure that first full day. Just some shopping, like on our way out. So the way... The Universal Parks are set up, if you're familiar with Disneyland, Disneyland, it's kind of a similar feel where it's the it's two very, parks. Yeah, very similar. Um, but the entrance is City Walk, which is similar to Downtown Disney. So you have to walk through the shopping and the restaurants to get to like the parking garage or like where you'd get picked up for an Uber um, or a shuttle. So, you know, you walk through City Walk and then the, the two parks are, are right there. Uh, so the next day we decided to go because our first day was Islands of Adventure. The next day we did the Universal Studios Park, um, which is a very different feel than Islands of Adventure. Yeah, wouldn't you it's say? It's like walking into Hollywood Studios. Uh, well, that's not what I meant, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> it does. There were so many little things that we were like, that's exactly like Hollywood's like this building is exactly like Hollywood Studios. Because they had the same source material. And because the idea was first introduced to Michael Eisner at a Paramount when he overheard them pitching the idea for Universal Studios. Famously. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of it, um, very, very, very 
similar. Now that I remembered from going years ago, because none of that has really changed. So a lot of photo opportunities. You know, you're walking through San Francisco and you're walking through London and you know, we took a photo with Jaws and, you know, just uh, it's cool. It's fun. It's pretty. I love that that feel. It's one of the reasons I love Hollywood Studios. You know, you're supposed to be walking through a, a downtown city street. Mm-hmm. At one point I was like, I almost, I had to stop myself from saying, let's get out of the street. Uh, yeah, that's right. You did start to say that to me at one point. Because it's, yeah, it's more like a studio set. It's like, cool. Oh, husband, you're lucky you're pretty. <sighs> <I'm stupid. laughs> you idiot. So when we got there in the morning, I said, let's just go straight to the Harry Potter stuff. Um, so <laughs> we walked through London and getting through there is a little, like it's kind of hidden, which is, fun you look for the knight's bus it's yeah. directly across from the knight's bus which is like a really cool character made it is yeah and the, the night talking head the night bus the would there. be in london so it made sense that the night bus was in london and not in um you know hogsmeade or whatever you know i mean like it makes sense that that's where it would be so the first thing we did was escape from gringotts Escape from Gringotts had the best queue, which is unsurprising because it was in Diagon Alley. And so it really, like, you've got that feel. You can't escape it. And you've got the goblins um, in the queue, like a ton of animatronics in this queue. So um, it's really good. And the ride vehicle is cool. And the ride itself, the problem is I, I, this was the third one I did. And so after... Uh, what you after Hagrid's, which you claim is the best ride in Orlando, <laughs> you're never like, gonna the best you're ride never for gonna 50 drop miles. it. <laughs> and then doing another ride that was like, all right, we're just gonna strap you into a moving robot arm that's gonna take you from IMAX screen to IMAX screen, mm-hmm. and then to go to this one, which is like a more traditional dark ride using a lot of screens and also 3D glasses that give give me motion sickness. This one. The ride itself was underwhelming for me. Okay. All right. You know what? I lied. We didn't run straight to uh, Gringotts because we did the mummy first. And the reason I remembered this, because the mummy was a walk-on, which was fun. We walked on the mummy. I loved the mummy. That that ride was really, really great. It's part roller coaster and um, it's part dark ride and it's storytelling. Well, it's, it's entirely dark ride. It's fun. Well, yeah. It's kind of like... Um, uh, rock and roller coaster a little bit. It kind of has a similar feel to it, but there's more. There's I more to the story. Was more like if you combined Indiana Jones and not necessarily not rock and roller coaster. Oh, really? You didn't think it had a rock and roller coaster feel? That's what it reminded me of. Just being on the roller coaster in the dark and like flying by stuff that's lit up. It just kind of reminded me of rock and roller coaster. Maybe maybe that's a stretch. I don't know. Mummy's a very good ride. It is a very good ride. Um, the reason I thought of that, though, is because when we got off of Gringotts, you were like, this felt like a lesser version of the Mummy ride. That yes. was how you described it to me. Because you went on it first because I was in the child swap area. So when you got off, you're like, you'll love it. It's like a lesser version of the Mummy ride that we just The Mummy on. ride's intense. It is. And so to do that... And then do Gringotts, which has this really elaborate queue. It was a little bit of, I wanted more out of it. Yeah. But had I, you know, had that been my first ride at Universal? Probably like, okay, it's pretty good. 
Yeah. I know, but I, you know, I'm not a fan of the stuff with 3D glasses. Yeah. And yeah. I, I want my practical effects. I want my animatronics. You know what I have a hard time with with 3D glasses currently is you have to wear masks everywhere and they fog up immediately when you put them on. Oh, see, I get a, I get a nice seal. I, I try. I use the KN95s. And but I, so do I. I was using the KN95 too and I really oh, tried. You know no, when we were there, I was wearing this like garbage knockoff Chinese paper mask that you bought on Amazon because I knew... It breathed easily. I see. And for whatever reason, I had stopped fearing COVID. Until our 12-year-old got it. And then we got it. And then you were like, whoops. I was fine. But my children <laughs> were not. They were wearing Father good masks. Father of the year right here. They were wearing good And our 12-year-old is better than any adult that I know about his mask. He's so good about it. He's good about washing his hands. He's good about the masks. It's baffling that he is the one who got it out of everybody. As opposed to like my four-year-old who's hey, like, here's a railing. No, I should lick it. The masks keep other people safe oh, okay and anyway anyway um so we walked around diagon alley after that which is one of this was one of my favorite parts of the whole experience was just walking around this land um the, was this when we were there with our kids or when we went when, on this was still when we were there with our kids yeah, yeah those guys <laughs> they liked it too um, the Weasley's Wizard Wheezes was one of my favorite shops, and they really did such a, a phenomenal job of making it look like the movie. What it was, was your, really okay. fun when when you walked into Diagon Alley for the first time? Mm -hmm. What did you think? What was your impression? I was blown away. I loved it. I loved it. I couldn't believe that they did such an amazing and detailed job of recreating these movie sets and it's huge it's big and it's and one it's of, part of two, two harry potter parks yeah and yeah when we so walked in they had the christmas stuff up they still had christmas happy stuff christmas, harry. happy christmas ron <laughs> they had in diagon alley all the shops were like snow covered on the roofs and they had um lights still hanging like christmas lights and garland there was garland everywhere it was very pretty it was subtle christmas decor but it was beautiful um, so just walking around was a lot of fun. Now we it's got... essentially a, a shopping mall, and they've got well, they have kind Gringotts. Of, yeah. They have the one ride. They have Gringotts over there, and they have the stuff you could do with the wand, which we'll get to, which is phenomenal. And the rest of it is purely shopping. It's not purely shopping. No, there's a, a restaurant, a sit down it's, restaurant. There's a restaurant. A lot of photo opportunities, I would say. Well, two sit two restaurants. They're quick service, but there's one in each park in the harry potter areas they don't do characters um the yeah the leaky cauldron and three broomsticks are the restaurants um so a lot of photo opportunities two restaurants butterbeer carts are everywhere what'd you think of the butterbeer i loved the butterbeer like yeah, way more than i thought that i would like i knew it would be something i'd like just based on i you know i knew it was like a cream soda-esque i was like i'd probably like that we drank it and I was like, well, this is freaking delicious. And I don't even care that it was, you know, $8 or $7.50 or whatever, however overpriced it was, to a point where we're like, let's get another round. Like we uh, we drank 15 we, in what? an hour. Oh, we, and we were like full Dumbledore. Dumbledore. You know, there's no alcohol in them, right? No, it's, it's like a spiced cream soda. Yeah. Yeah. And then they add um foam to the top of it the foam was the best part and then you can get it cold hot or frozen frozen, frozen. and we only did the we did the cold one like four or five times in a row so good i got a pumpkin Somebody pasty stop us. a pumpkin pasty which was delicious um so i really i my harry potter food goals 
were butterbeer and fish and chips, which I ended up getting later in the trip. Um, but the pumpkin, when I saw they had pumpkin pasty, I was like, this is the food goal that I didn't even know that I had. And it was phenomenal. You know, I've, I've so, read a lot of, of British fantasy books. And the word pasty has been mentioned many so times. So good. I so, always so suspected good. they were delicious. <laughs> I finally had a bite of one. I, I only gave you a, finger to you a bite. A yeah, bite. You're was, like, you could try the tiniest nibble. Yeah, I was like, you give that back to me. And then you talked about it for the next three days. You should have gotten your own. You should have gotten your own. You should have bought two. You picked like a chocolate covered pretzel or something. You know what? That was really good, too. The mistake was I yours. I give that a Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore! Oh, boy. All right. So once I got my fill, my children were sick of it. We made our way over to the Simpsons area at Universal Studios. This was where our 12-year-old was dying. Like, all morning, he was like, Simpsons, Simpsons, Simpsons. But I knew. I was like, the Harry Potter stuff will get busier in the afternoon. I was like, so let's knock that out in the morning. We'll do Harry Potter in the morning. Then we're going to make our way over to the Simpsons area. And it ended up being a really great strategy because we practically walked on the Simpsons ride. But in the morning, like late morning, um, like the ride started out with super low wait time. Then that wait time climbed to about an hour and then dipped again. So I Which think surprising for an older ride. It is an older ride. So I remember this ride is back to the future. Um, and going on it as the Simpsons ride, I was like, this is identical. The ride vehicle is like everything about this is identical. Like I remembered the ride vehicle. It's so they, just they been rethemed. And rethemed back to the future. It was they did a good job. Let me let me tell you, it was very fun. You didn't go on this one because you right. knew your motion sickness would not cooperate. So you took our daughter over. There's a Curious George area. She loves Curious George. So you took our four-year-old over there while I took the boys in the Simpsons. I thought I loved everything about The Simpsons. My biggest complaint was the outdated technology on that ride. Boring. <laughs> but it's not boring. I think there's so many impressive rides at this park. Seeing technology from 30 years ago being used. I'm like, oh, I would love to see this updated. You know, like this is like old school when you and I were kids motion in front of a screen kind of ride. So it was cute. The story was fun. I laughed quite a bit at like the the pre-show, like the safety video and stuff that they show you ahead of time. Like I like laughed out loud. I'm a Simpsons fan. I love the Simpsons. So do my kids. Um, so I loved a lot about it. Really my biggest complaint, old technology with the ride vehicle. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you can't comment too much on this one because you had to skip it due to your brain telling you to barf. I don't want to throw up in a theme park. No, I don't blame you. And this, it was, but I will say it was really, like, if you're a Simpsons fan, do this right. It's really fun. It's very cute. Um, I miss Back to the Future. Back to the Future is literally one of my favorite movies. Growing up, that was my favorite movie. It was Back to the Future, so. Um, The Simpsons area had a ton of photo opportunities. Now, you are my photographer, I am. That's how I, we pronounce it in this yeah, house. Well, in the Midwest. It's For, photographer. Photographer. We got a ton of great photos. They had characters out. So we took a photo with Krusty and Sideshow Bob. Yeah, the, the Simpsons land uh, is it's small. It's very dense. It's very, very small. Yeah. It, it's tiny, but it is really packed to the gills with, with detail and stuff. And nearly all of it is photo opportunities. Yes. Yeah, and when so we saw 
We took a photo with Krusty and Sideshow Bob. The kids and I walked on to the Simpsons ride, so we were on and off very quickly. When we came back out, Bart was out there. And we didn't get a picture with Bart because a line had formed, and I was not, you know, I don't like standing in lines if I don't have to. Um, But aside from, like, actual characters, they also had, uh, like, character props. So I have photos with me and Duffman, my son and Millhouse, you know, just... In front of the Quickie Mart. In front of the Quickie Mart. And so we we actually bought some stuff in the Quickie Mart, just some souvenirs and some fun stuff. And on the side of the register, they had a sign about, like, don't accept checks from the following people. And it was, like, Simpsons characters. The actual Quickie Mart has that same sign. They do. Yeah. So that was a fun detail. And when I checked out, she said, thank you, come again, which I thought, you know, it's just, like, little cute little details. You know, I, I had that sound effect, but Apu is problematic, so I didn't Apu is it. a little problematic, but, you know, so, but she, she said the line, thank you, come again. So, just a lot of fun. Um, the Quickie Mart's there. Uh, Moe's Tavern is there. Uh, Krusty Burger. There's a Duff beer, like a beer era. We were there early in the day, so we were not drinking beer, but um, I would have loved if we had had time in the evening. I mean, if you were up for it, I would have gone for it. <laughs> not with three kids, like... Late morning, early afternoon, I would not have stopped for beer at that point. But I, we let them drink the beer, uh-huh. and then when they pass out in the hot sun, we take off, <laughs> so and then we go and we, hang out with Harry Potter. We Dumbledore! we did buy at the Quickie Mart. They had it's in a Duff can, but it's not beer. So if you see, I posted it on social media in my stories. If you it see a picture like of me holding a Duff a Duff beer can, it's Orangina, basically. Yeah, it was like sparkling orange water. It's so, like a citrus. Yeah. I, I wasn't, don't know why that I wasn't is actually the flavor they chose for Duff beer. It was good. It it, was, I thought it was delicious, actually. My guess is it's for the color. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I felt it was fitting. But it was fun. So I was walking around with my can of, quote unquote, Duff beer. They have a lot of Duff merchandise at the Quickie Mart. I was surprised. they. I didn't see, and maybe I just missed it, but I didn't see Buzz Cola. I was like, do they sell Buzz Cola? Now, where... Universal is nowhere near like Disney is on the food. Yeah. They do not have sit-down restaurants, and they have the quick service, and it's, like, mildly themed, but not not to the extent that Disney does. Certainly not, like, you know, something you'd find in Galaxy's Edge. But they did have the... The pink donut. They had giant pink donuts. Yeah. And they were giant. From the Simpsons. They were like 12 inches wide We went back and forth on purchasing one. And the only reason we didn't was because we knew we were still walking around and we'd have to carry it. So we did a whole bunch of photos in the Simpsons area. And then we walked over to the Curious George area to meet up with you and our daughter. The Curious George area was very cute. And she was so excited. Like she talked about it all morning because I told her it was there. And she's like, I want to go see Curious George. It's she a liked giant it, but two floor splash pad. Yeah, and it's she, so cool. But she, she didn't have like, a bathing suit. I don't on. have my bathing suit, so she was a little upset about that that she didn't have a bathing suit. But and it so, was a little cool. It was a little cool to be running around. If it was like yeah. ninety degrees, maybe she would have done it. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably would have done it if it was ninety degrees. Just run through the water. I would have been like, let's go. They also have a playground over there, and that's right next to E.T. So E.T., another ride I remember from my younger days. Oh, man. This and ride I is knew, so bad. Oh, no. I was going to say, I, I was just going to ask you your thoughts like, on it. What I knew, is happening here? <laughs> I knew it hadn't been updated. I knew it was original. It was the same um, as when I went on it years and years ago. It's like ago. they rethemed Peter Pan as E.T., and then they just didn't do it as got well. Steven Spielberg involved, but then really didn't quite think through the story. 
Uh, the whole your children and I went on that ride without you, <laughs> having never been on it before, and we're like baffled by what we experienced. And like we found two <laughs> animatronics that didn't work. We're like, what is this? Yeah, um, it's getting a little long in the tooth. So I. I remember it from when I was a kid and I remember waiting in like long line for that ride, for the E.T. ride. And so it was really funny being on it for the first time in however many years and just having this deja vu. I was like, I don't I literally don't think a single thing has changed. The the pre-show video with Steven Spielberg, the whole story about the green planet, the other um aliens that you know he has to encounter perfectly unlike et for reasons unexplained yeah and so you're on the bike and it's i remember everything about it and i was like this is exactly how i remember and i before you went on it i didn't like i i told you i was like oh this is when i remember from when i was a kid but i didn't tell you anything else about it so your reaction was really funny when i got off of the ride because we had to go separately our daughter could have gone on it but she it Scared her a little bit because she's not familiar with ET. All rides that aren't Dumbo scare her a little bit. A little bit. She's a little uneasy. She's four. Um, so I we did the child swap because again they don't question you if you know they meet the height requirements. Just she's scared. They were like, "That's fine. You can you know sit over here." So when I got off the ride, you were like, "So, uh, what did you think of that?" And I could tell by the way you said it that you were like, "Your children were laughing at it." I could tell that you were ready to be like, "What." What is this? But you didn't want to make fun of it in case I was like, that was the best ride I've ever yeah, been on. Yeah, in case you had some like great emotional investment in the ET ride. I most, I mean, I kind of, I kind of do, and just in that, like, it's I've got positive, fun the memories. Thing that shocked me is it wasn't a walk on, but it I was laughed. not a long wait, but it was not a walk. on Well, you know, I, the only reason it wasn't a walk on was because they stop you to watch the video with Steven Spielberg, and then they have to stop you again because. A team member has to get your name and put it on your passport card so that E.T. can maybe say your name at the end of the ride. Uh, so I think that was it then for that day. Like you said, there, like the food options, I was kind of iffy about. So I think we just grabbed a pretzel just for something to to snack on while we were there. But we didn't really like eat anything. But that ended up, that was fine. And this this was the day of our Burger King experience because we were like, we'll grab lunch on our way back. And I was like, you know what? Maybe not Burger King after that. We would have had three hangry children, but I think they were all stunned by being witnesses They knew to better to, than to say anything. Um, so that night, because we're staying at a house with my family, my brother and sister-in-law watched the kids, and you and I went back to Universal... For a magical For an adults-only evening. Dumbledore! Yeah! Your new favorite sound effect. Yes, this is my new favorite. We started at Islands of Adventure, and we went on the Spider-Man ride, which... which I had heard in a YouTube video was good. It was okay. So, like, you you haven't done the Harry Potters yet, and you get on this ride for the first time, and you're just like, woo! Dumbledore! (laughs) I, I'm going to have to remove that sound effect. What sound effect? What are you talking anyway, about? Anyway, so you know what I do like about the Universal Parks is so many more rides have single rider. You and This was a 45-minute wait, and I didn't want to wait 45 minutes because it's not very often that you and I have time without the children at any theme park. So I didn't want to wait 45 minutes, so I was like, let's do single rider. So we both got in the single rider line. Um, we didn't ride it together, but it was like a 15-minute 
wait. So I do appreciate that so many more rides offer single rider at the Universal Parks. After that, I was a genius and You're was so like, smart. let's go on a water ride. So it was we, like 65 degrees. We went on Popeye and Bluto's bilge rat barges. Am I saying that right? I believe so. So I don't speak the language, this but yes. This is one of these like big circular raft rides which Lots i have of parks have these raft rides i have so much experience on these types of rides and like you get one wet one of our favorites you get wet but i can't say i get like soaked on this one i may as well have like jumped into a pool before walking into this theme park it would have yeah it would have it would have been, been faster result it would have been time. faster and same thing. And this I, was some of the most fun we had as far as a date night goes. I was like crying. I was laughing so hard. Because, because you just I, kept getting soaked over I and over. I couldn't believe it. Not only was it the ride like, you know, water splashing up over the boat as you are zipping around, but they also had people spray, on the sides spraying you with water. They had like buckets of water that would just randomly dump on you as you rode by. And not like a little bit. And this like was really gallons the, like, of water dumping over your head. The course it took, it was really uh, rather intense. I it was a ton of fun. Other than getting completely one hundred percent. Had drenched. I known, I would have skipped it. Because <laughs> I also, I also was wearing a white cotton dress. You're so smart. So <laughs> I was like, oh no! Everybody's saying everything. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I had, you know, my Orlando granny panties on. So, you know, to prevent thigh chafing. But, like, definitely everybody saw your and, tattoos. But, you know sure. what? At the end, we'll I, put did, it that way. I didn't care by the end. I was just. You know, we had a ton of fun, and it's not like anyone said anything. No one was pointing and laughing. So, you know, what's funny, too, is during the, <laughs> during the day, we were walking around, and I think it was when we got off the Jurassic Park River ride, and they have, like, these giant booths that you pay $5 and you can get in and they dry you off. Called I, a personnel dryer. I was like, what kind of person would pay in Orlando for that? Well, I'll tell you what kind of person. Me. Because that evening, I could not have shelled out those $5 faster to dry off. Well, that's what you're saying. The, they had these personnel dryers outside this ride. There was a line for them. I was like, I can't wait. Many other people had the same experience we did with this ride. That's several other geniuses percent going to just drench you. So we went to the Jurassic Park ride, assuming there'd be one near that. And there was again, still soaking wet. And then we used the personnel dryer, which was quite efficient. Yeah, I was able to dry off pretty quickly. So I wasn't completely dry, but I was dry enough that my teeth were no longer chattering and... I was no longer miserable, cold, and in a see-through white dress. Imagine. Oh, but before we dried off, as we were walking, like looking for the other dryers, we did the Kong ride, which I remember Kong from like years ago. And it was a very, very different ride. And Kong is, Kong himself is one of the biggest animatronics in Orlando. You know, and you know, like it's funny. Five. This is another one where it's 3D glasses and you're supposed to be on like a safari vehicle. And so like you're 
tram is, you know, being thrown around and Kong's jumping around. And then it ends with the giant animatronic. I thought the 3D stuff was just meh. The giant animatronic was the thing that I remember as a kid that well, was so impressive us, and that I loved about this version. For us, the the 3D in the screens is like a 360 degree yes. theater in the round type situation. And then it crashed. So the screens just all went gray. And then it started back up and it was like one warped frame of animation. And then we just silently moved into the Kong room. <laughs> it was at the very end. So it wasn't a huge deal. Like I'd forgotten about it until just now when Which, you said that. So it wasn't a huge deal. But yeah, you're right. That did happen. And then I overheard someone else on the vehicle with us goes, oh, this happens all the time. Oh, how funny. Yeah, I, I thought like I thought that ride was okay I know you were like meh I'm not super impressed with that I personally just the 3D stuff isn't like it's okay it can be fun I thought the impressive part of that was the final scene with the animatronic not the 3D stuff but I also felt like I was in the minority just in the ride vehicle like I felt like everybody else was really impressed with the 3D um, portion of the ride yes I think that's a that's us Okay, so that's an us. That's an that's us be, problem. We're theme park purists. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. Okay. We're too busy um, smelling our own farts. Is what's going on here? <laughs> I also was still dripping. Like we were in that line, and I was like wringing out my dress. Like this was before we found the dryers on that ride. So I also could be tainted I by like the fact that I was cold and soaking wet still at this point. I really like the queue for this ride. Oh, yeah. The queue was really cool. Even though I was lukewarm on the ride itself, I re again, the theming on the queues at Universal is really strong. Agreed. Um, so after this, uh, then we dried off. Then we got to meet a raptor. This oh. was one of your goals. So I'm going to let you go ahead and, and discuss the raptors. They do a raptor encounter where you can meet an adult raptor or a baby raptor. They have a a Chris Pratt-esque individual who guides you through meeting the the raptor and the character meet. And they do like a pre-show that's uh a lot of She lot discusses of, the raptor yeah, like but in a like yeah. a jungle cruise-ish way. I don't know. I didn't take it as jungle cruise-ish. It was cruise-ish. I took it as she was trying to like she was making jokes about it but she was also like this is a raptor and it's you know don't touch the raptor it'll eat your arm and don't feed the raptor and don't you know really just don't want you touching this guy in this very expensive costume so the raptor encounter was cool here's my issue with the raptor encounter and we discussed this when we left the line you're in the queue you can see everybody else meeting the raptor and part of the fun of the raptor is you go up to take the photo and when you're taking the photo it snaps at you the raptor snaps and you're supposed to like jump and that's the photo that they get is you being like ah jumping and that's what makes it fun but because you see the 10 people the 10 people in front of you all it's exact over and over and over again you know it's coming. So I don't think I saw anybody jump. We kind of purposely were like, ah, we for our photo. We would like look like we're like, we were let's have fun. Him. Yeah, we agreed like we're going to have fun with it and we're going to play along, you know, because that's what we wanted to do. But I think for a lot of other people, they were just like, oh, okay. And they when the raptor snapped at them, they didn't jump. So that I think it was a miss where if it was Disney. They'd have you wait outside and be like, we can't there. If there are too many people, it'll spook the raptor. 
and then they would take one group at a time so that you wouldn't see the jump. You wouldn't see the intimidating raptor ahead of time. Yeah, they tend to do character meets where, like, you are directly outside a room or outside of view, and then you walk in, and so you're, like, kind of seeing the character Because the they could time. still do the pre-show with the whole group where she's yeah, discussing it was, raptors. Because at a particular time. Yeah. It was, like, every... 40 minutes they did a 20 minute show yeah like you could still do the pre-show the line for it wasn't long though we got no there very no quickly. we waited maybe 20 minutes 15 minutes it wasn't too long it wasn't too long and the costume is really cool and the presentation is fun yeah it was fun i think that's a like one time thing though that's yeah. not something i would ever feel the yeah, need to do again change. yeah unless and the raptor's dialogue does not get improved <laughs> unless they somehow you know are able to change the meat but I think the the mistake is having everybody be able to see you because it's it wasn't scary. Nobody it doesn't jumped. have replay value. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it was a cool experience, and we got some fun. They, the team member who was taking photos did a great job. She took a ton of photos with. And this one, they'll take your phone. A lot of uh, like a Disney cast members won't take your phone. Currently, we were just on the cruise, and they wouldn't take your phone either. They acted like your phone was radioactive. I get it, though. I get it. They're like, we don't need you touching other people's stuff right now. You know, as a cruise ship, so like, don't touch each other. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but Quit this touching each other for this one. They did take your phone and take photos. So she took a ton of photos. So I was able to go through and pull out the best ones. Um, All right. So after this, this was the big thing I wanted to do this evening was we went back over to uh, Diagon Alley and I bought a wand. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I had been looking at wands for a while and even from... You know, day one, we were just kind of wandering the parks. I'd started looking at wands. And so the wand that I chose uh, was a replica of Luna Lovegood's wand. You're a wizard, Harry. She's a Ravenclaw, one of my favorite uh, characters in the books. So I picked my wand. We got a witch's brew. This is a for real beer this time because it was the evening with no children and date night. You know, they had good beers, but dragon scale beer is still what I wanted. I know butter beer is delicious. They had dragon scale and witch's brew. So the first evening that we we got the and we were like really short on time because the park was going to close in like 45 minutes and I was starving. So we stopped at the Leaky Cauldron and I got my fish and chips. I like the Leaky Cauldron. The fish and chips was phenomenal. I mean, it was such a giant piece of now fish. You just told us that you were starving. Yes. Do you think that was a part of it? What do you mean? Oh, how much I enjoyed the food? as possible. And then you were like, this is the best thing. I've ever no, eaten. because and it was like. I see why fish you would sticks. think no it wasn't fish sticks. Oh it was it was not fish sticks. I see why you might think that, but here's why I don't think that's the case. There the pieces of fish that they gave me were huge. So I was eating it and remember by the end I was like I'm so full. Like you were trying to offer me some of your food and I was like I can't eat anymore. I'm so full. But I kept eating it and I was kept eating my food anyway. I was like it's so good. Even I, though I was so full I wanted to die, I kept eating my I fish. I got the plowman's platter. Which is essentially a charcuterie board. Yeah. And it's got a but it's got a lot of stuff on it. But it's okay. You were like, oh, you will share it. I'm like, mm. I should have got they had a shepherd's pie that had fish in it. Mm. And I wish I'd gotten that. Oh, I didn't I see it. that. I didn't see that. 
Let's see. We have annual passes. We can go back. I need to go back. We and will go back. With uh, COVID cases hitting a new peak, I'm sure airfare is going to be like seven bucks again soon. Because <laughs> right now it's expensive. Airfare is high right now because I was looking. It's like maybe for spring break. I'm going to wait. Maybe those prices will drop. Because right so. now, right now it's pretty crazy. Don't get cheap on me, Dodson. I'm trying to get cheap. I would like to get cheap. I like being cheap. So anyway. I like it too. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Because we need the money for wands. Yeah, I need to buy more wands because I had so much fun with the wand. Dumbledore! Tell me about the <laughs> wand experience. What do you? What's this wand thing? What wands are available? What do they cost? Why do I care? So they uh, they have a ton of wands, and so any character that like really almost any like main character and a lot of minor like Luna Lovegood's not a main character. She's more of a she's an important side, character. She is an important character, but she's a side are you character. She's a side character. So you can You're buy... doing my girl Luna dirty. You can buy... I love Luna. You can buy wands from the characters at Harry Potter. You can... Or in the books and the movies. But you can also buy just wands, um, the non-character wands. Almost all the wands are what they call the interactive wands. And those are what, 60 bucks? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, they're also interactive wands, which are... I, 55 or 60 i believe now, so i think after my discount it was about 50 you haven't mentioned the annual pass discount because this was cool yeah so with the annual and it depends on which pass you get what your discount is we got 10 percent off of almost everything actually we did get 10 percent. i think alcohol is the only thing you don't get a discount on it was 10 to 20 percent off everything it, yeah it, so and you know at disney world with my annual pass it doesn't count towards quick service. It's, you know, most but not all restaurants and most shops but not all items. Everything we bought, we bought a ton of souvenirs. We stopped at, like, pretzel stands, and I got discounts. Um, we bought butterbeer at a stand, and I got discount. Uh, quick service food, my fish and chips, I got a discount. So it was 10% off of and it's pretty much everything. To, it's fun the to wand, see that discount amount pop up on the register every time. Yeah, it's it was nice because, I, you know, the ticket prices and we'll go over the ticket prices when we're done. The ticket prices versus the annual pass. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. Um, but with the discounts we got on souvenirs and food that we would have purchased anyway, like we weren't buying stuff being like, we got a discount. We can buy extra. <laughs> I want to make that clear. Money by not yeah, buying it. I want to make that clear. At no point were we like. Well, we'll buy this because we get a discount. Like this is yeah, I'm not an idiot. Stuff we would have purchased anyway. With those discounts, we, we more than you know made up any difference with the annual pass versus the tickets and parking and free parking on top of that. So we'll get to that in a little bit. The parking was, I think, what thirty bucks, twenty seven dollars, and you got to pay for it when you first show the up. The first though. time you have to pay for it. And everybody must ask because when I brought it up, this she immediately was like me. before you even finished your sentence. Anyway, so let's get back to the wands uh, right. briefly. So the first evening with the wand was a little bit tricky because I didn't really know what I was doing. So That's they, the fun of it. You get a map when you buy a wand. So it's like in the box, you've got the wand and it comes with a map and it's like, here are all the spots. But you don't necessarily need the map. There are markers, placards on the ground. And so you walk around and look for these placards. And on the placard, it'll tell you what the spell is. And it'll give you the shape that you have to make with the wand to cast the spell. So we started with the map. We ended up putting the map away because the map was, I guess neither of us are great 
direction wise because the map we just were like uh yeah i could get lost in my own house that's the truth yeah so we walked around and just looked for placards outside of the buildings and so i practiced and wingardium leviosa was the hardest one for me that one i tried forever and so we're standing there and i'm doing it over and over again and i can't get this feather to float i i couldn't do it so you were like let's call Allie, my friend Allie, and she's been on the show. Um, she does uh, Wish Upon a Planner. So she was on a few episodes ago. So we called her because she's... called her on speakerphone at 9 o'clock at night from the park. She laughed hysterically at me. And so I stepped away to talk to her. And I was like, I can't figure out this wand. I can't make it work. And so I stepped away. Like a kid who was, I'd say, between the ages of 8 and 10, steps up, Wingardium Leviosa. And the feather freaking floats immediately and so she's like laughing hysterically at me but she gave me some tips that worked so she was like it's small movements a flick of the wrist it's just the wrist so and you when know, we say that like keep your arms yeah your still. elbow should be still just don't move your elbow or your shoulder right, be cool about it it's just your wrist the placards on the ground are small but so they're not bigger than six the, inches. The shape on there, she was like, it's about the size that you'll see on those placards. Like that's the size that of the shape you should be making in the air with your wand. Also, you have to look. You'll see like little cameras. So a lot of these spells are done in the shop windows. So if you look in the windows, you'll see like a little camera. So kind of aim your wand. It'll, it'll be disguised, but yeah. they can only uh, you, hide it so much. Often you can see, and you don't always see them, but often you'll you see, can like, see the, them. The lens, and at night it's easier because they have infrared LEDs, which you can see is like a faint red LED. Yeah, yeah. In the daytime, it's harder to see them. So uh, we practiced a little bit that evening until park closed, and really we were there after park closed still practicing and trying to get these spells so when she was done laughing at me we worked on it a little bit more and i had mild success that evening um but the parks cl are closing early these days so the park closed at nine which is kind of early they don't kick you out right away though they don't kick you out no we didn't no. leave until 9 30 yeah we We're hung around trying to cast some spells and then we we left we made our way over and left it was um, fun and uh romantical and i enjoyed it yeah i had a great time uh, so then the next morning, oh, we saw fireworks when we were walking out, too. And they were leaving and there were fireworks. Yeah, we were leaving yeah. there were fireworks. The Christmas tree was all lit up because they still had holiday decor. Everything in Orlando has fireworks. I assume there's just fireworks continuously. Non just nonstop. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, we went back over to Universal. Um, and, you know, we didn't take the kids. And it's not because we were, like, trying to ditch our kids. They were exhausted. You know, this was a long trip. They just kind of wanted to hang out with their cousins at the pool. So we let them stay with the family while you and I went, which was, and I think, we fine with everybody. Object, did we? No, we're no. Like, no, hey, come on. <laughs> let's do this as a family. We're like, no, it's cool. If you're tired, you stay here, you better, yeah. Now, this was, our, this was our last day in that we our flight was at like 7 p.m. So we only had limited time at the parks because we had to leave for the airport around 4.30. Um, so we went in the morning and we just went straight back over to Harry Potter because I was like, I'm no muggle. I need to practice these spells. You're a wizard, Harry. I was much better the next day at the spells to a point where people were like, wow. And I was giving them the tips on how to cast the spells. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. Because you get to, when you see someone struggling with it and you can help them with it, 
you get to see them do it for the first time. Yeah, and it's really so. Like I would and see everyone, people it, like really does have that reaction where they're like, "Oh my god, I did it!" Yeah, like you, you know, it's not real, but you give a taste of like, "Why well, just did magic?" It's fun. Yeah, but you see people like doing their whole like big movements, their whole arm, and so I would step in and be like, "All right, try it like this." So that I think was most of what we did that morning. We walked up around the Simpsons area a little bit more just because it's so fun. We took the train. Hogwarts Express. Yeah. and It's an actual train. It is a four-reel train that takes you between the parks. Now, we we rode this train both ways. We but did. only once each way. Yeah. And it was a different story on the interior windows each time. Um, yes, we had more butterbeer because, <laughs> you know, why not? Uh, we did more spells. Just, yeah. We went full Dumbledore on the butterbeer. We didn't do any rides that morning, did we? I think we mostly were just kind of goofing around. We we shopped. We did shopping. We ate food and we did spells at Harry Potter. I think that was the majority of our morning. I got my Harry Potter, my Gryffindor scarf. You did. Which turns I, out hard to get. That's hot item. Yeah. Yeah, it those sells out frequently. Those sell out. Okay, and so after that, then we made our way back. I will say Orlando Airport is nuts these days. And I assume it's just COVID How and shortages. How long did we wait to do the backdrop at Spirit? <sighs> so we flew Spirit and... First mistake. We I can't remember if Spirit's on the A side or the B side, but we went like from one side to the other. Like that's how long the bag drop was. So if you're familiar with Orlando Airport, we went from like spirits at the very end of one side and we were like almost to the end of the other side. That's how long the backdrop line was. I, it was unreal. But how long in time? We probably waited a little over an hour in that line. Just for a backdrop? Just for a backdrop because you were no, able to- do security. Yeah. It was another half hour. You know, the security wasn't too, that really went pretty quickly. I mean, compared Boy. to the bag, it was compared to the backdrop. I, you know, props to our kids though. I didn't hear a single complaint. They were so well behaved. I think we just wore them out finally. Our flight was delayed too. All I could get just because it was holiday. We would have missed it. Well, so they were pulling people out of line. They were like, anybody flying to whatever city? I don't want to run to the gate. No, I don't either. But they were pulling people out of line to make sure that they wouldn't miss their flight. So I wasn't so worried about that. But yeah, our flight was delayed. And the only flight I could get going home just because it was the holidays was at 7 p.m., which with kids, I don't. If it was just us as adults, I wouldn't care. But with kids, like, I don't want to be flying that late. But then our flight was delayed till 8. And there was a mechanical issue. So we didn't take off until around 9. So it was a late night. No, com- zero complaints from our children. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I bet they don't even remember what happened. I think they, they just woke up and said, how did we get here? I think they just know better than to complain. It's like, oh, I get Christmas, then a cruise, then Universal, then a house with a pool. <laughs> yeah, no, our children are spoiled. They knew better than to complain. Um, okay, so bottom line, I had a great time at Universal. So let's talk a little bit about our thoughts, Universal versus Disney and some some prices. What was your initial impression of Universal on walking in? Um, well, it was super busy, so that was a little overwhelming. But it's tighter, it's smaller, which makes it feel more crowded. There were in I believe it was a Hogsmeade where I was like, this feels tight. 
were in also Hogsmeade. geniuses who were there on New Year's Day for the first time. <laughs> New Year's Day was fine, though. I didn't have any issues New Year's Day. It was New Year's Eve. Right, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve, yeah. Sorry. New Year's Eve was, but I was expect like I was prepared for it. So I think part of any theme park experience is being prepared for the crowds. I had mentally prepared myself for like it's going to be crowded, but I I was impressed when I walked in because I thought the theming was beautiful in all the lands. I also couldn't believe that it was crowded, but the posted wait times weren't nearly as bad as I thought. So I was like, we're off to a good start. We're off to a good start. The things that I didn't like compared to Disney, uh, one would be if our daughter was any younger, she would have had little to nothing to do. Um, I would have liked I would like more food options, but I I ended up being okay with what we had. But I would have liked more food options. It's nothing special. Um, I thought it was interesting that like at Disney, you're used to. The theming of the lands either being like you can't see other lands from where you are or the theming like merges from land to land. And that's not the case here. Yeah, they don't care. No, you're just from one to the other. And yeah. if you can see what like we were standing. Gosh, I can't remember where we were. We were somewhere in um, Hogsmeade, I think. And there was like patio seating uh, and so we walked back there and I'm like, oh, there's VelociCoaster. You know, and it like went right next to this seating area in Hogsmeade. And I was like, well, like Disney would never do that. Like that kind of thing you just wouldn't see. Yeah. Ima if Imagineers did that at a Disney park, they would be yelling death before dishonor. Yeah. I didn't think it was a big deal. It just as a Disney person was a little startling to see i was like oh i'm in harry like the, a harry potter universe but velocicoaster is right here so that was a little startling i don't know that it's a complaint but it's just it, different overall i i was impressed i thought universal was going to be more thrill rides that like you know oh we're not going to do this we're not going to do that or stuff that would make you you specifically my husband blow chunks uh, yes and there were there was a little bit of that, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. No, I had a lot of fun. It's a different experience as far as like size, layout, etc. It's just a lot more like Disneyland, you know, whereas Disney World has its own city government. It's so big. <laughs> yeah. Universal, much smaller, more like Disneyland, which leads to it being more compact, more crowded. But as far as IP goes, they have such a a strong set of stuff. It makes it a ton of fun, and they leverage it just as well as Disney does with anything else. And so if you are into those properties, especially Harry Potter, like if you don't if you don't like Harry Potter, eh, this is probably is not going to work. <laughs> right. But like I love the Universal Monsters. I love Frankenstein. And so like seeing that around is cool. And if you're into more thrill rides, if you want to spend money, they the density and variety of merchandise they have is extraordinary. And their merchandise is better priced than Disney. I, would, I felt it felt on average a little less. Yeah, I felt it was the prices were a little bit better. Okay, let's talk about ticket prices. Um this is this is where I was a little bit surprised. So let me pull up cuz I took some screenshots of ticket prices. 
Um, okay, so we ended up going for four days. Uh, let's see. So four days would have been just under $400. So about $390 per person if we had done tickets, if we had just purchased tickets. So let's look at how much annual passes for Universal cost. Now, here's another thing I like about Universal. They have a lot of annual pass options and you don't have to pay for it all up front they offer monthly payments. So for the premier annual pass, and this is their no blackout date. So essentially a, a 12 month subscription. Yes, yeah. And so you can you can cancel it. Like you don't have to, after 12 months, you can cancel it. You don't, but, or you can just keep paying the monthly payment after the 12 months. Oh, and then you keep. Yeah. The, so the like, pass? let's say we, yeah. So let's say we, oh, that's kind of cool. We want to go in 15 months. So we could use it and then I cancel. So that's nice. It's universal as a monthly subscription. Yes. And but it's got a 12-month minimum. Yes. That's and there, pretty good. there are a lot of options. So the most expensive is $665 for the most ex- – and there are no blackout dates. What we ended up getting is the next level down. It's the preferred annual pass. It does have some – no, no. I'm sorry, no blackout dates. Other Like it's a lower um, discount. So instead of on the – Higher end one, you get 20%. We get 10% off on stuff. But this one was $449. So for $50 more, we got annual passes, which included parking, $27 each day we went. It's 10% off of all of our food, 10% off of all of our merchandise. So that alone, you know, made up for that cost. Yeah, so for us, the passes work. Now, there's a power annual pass. That one's $400 flat. Um, that one does have some blackout dates, though. So it looks like in March and April and the end of December, there are blackout dates. How and many days? Just tell me. How many days do I have to go to Universal for the annual pass to make sense? Five. Five days. Or four if you're paying for parking and buying food. And we went for four days. We went for four days and we paid for parking. So I think we came out about pretzels. Yeah, we came out about even. So I figured even if even if we don't end up using them, it came out even to me buying tickets. But because I know we're gonna be in Orlando again, I feel this will probably end up being worth the money. So it's something I think it's worth crunching the numbers. And I went back and forth on it. Um, the most expensive pass would not have made sense for us, but you know, if you're able to make monthly payments, let me see what the monthly payments are on this, uh, $22 a month. So not a big deal. Not too bad. And I got to pay interest on that? No, nope. Zero interest. So it's a monthly subscription to Universal for Mm -hmm. 22 bucks a month. Yeah. You have to pay some upfront and then you pay $22 per month. Mm, that seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. So I felt for us personally, it worked out, but we're also in Orlando more than other people. So I think it's frequent travelers. It's worth crunching the numbers. And if you're doing four days or more, it's probably worth it. But I would look at what ticket prices are because if you're going in the off season, tickets are going to be cheaper. We were going during peak season, tickets were expensive. So for us, it made uh, a little bit more sense. Let's look at how much tickets are for Disney World, though. Like, let's, I'm just curious, like, what four days of tickets looks like. Because tickets for Universal, I 
felt were expensive for what they were, you know? But the annual passes, and I almost wonder if it's like they're pushing the annual passes for that reason. Yeah, it's called May as Well pricing. Yeah, and that's kind of how, honestly, that's kind of how it felt. Yeah, so for one person at Disney World, like a peak day, you're paying almost $600 for four days just for one person, one park. And even if you're going, let's look at a less expensive day. Yeah, it's still 500 bucks. I think Universal is really showing that they are a valuable alternative to Disney World. At no point was I like, oh, like I'm missing out on something Disney-esque when we were at the Universal Parks. I can't believe this. I can't either. Honestly, I went so many years being like, that's the other park, the quote unquote other park. And I don't want people out there thinking that I'm going to like turn into universal content only. I definitely will create universal content because I think it's an important alternative, especially if you're on a budget or if you're looking to do something different or if Disney just feels what a little out of reach. Split Day is a great idea. And I think that might be a goal for later this year is to split, do a stay at a Disney resort and then do a stay at a Universal resort. That's what I would like to do. I would love to stay at a couple of the Universal resorts because just shopping around for prices, the prices at the Universal resorts are phenomenal compared to Disney World. So I really, I kind of want to price some stuff out resort-wise since we didn't stay at the resorts. But really, so many options um, and just better price points than Disney World. So, what have, have we decided? This is a good alternative. Are you on board no, with I, this, or am I clearly. just clearly okay? I just want to make sure I'm not clearly. <laughs> I think. All right. So now that you have conned me into the value I'm of sorry. Universal I'm sorry, as what? An, <laughs> and as an alternative to Disney, using my love of Universal monsters and Jurassic Park against me. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's a ton of fun. I want to explore Universal more. And I got to get the value out of these annual passes. It's true. Right? So I I know we have to go back. And I think it would be fun to do a split stay and then price that out. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll plan a summer trip then with the kids. And we'll do a split stay, Disney World and Universal. And that's that'll be a great side-by-side comparison of resorts and value, like if we do two nights at both or, you know, whatever we end up doing. I like it. This is a plan. All right. 2022 goals. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? Oh, I only have one thing I want to say. Uh-oh. Dumbledore! <laughs> All right. I will see you guys in the parks.